Welcome back to the Better Than Best Academy, a community of champions who are committed to personal growth. This podcast was birthed out of my hope to uplift, inspire, and transform the lives of those that feel called to the creative life. To quote one of the great basketball players, Tim Duncan, he says, good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. And that's kind of how this whole podcast came, came to light. And with that, I'm really excited about today's guest. He's the creator of the premier app for black-owned businesses. He's a creative, a thought leader, an author, recording artist. And actually, a fun fact is me and him went to school together. We even played on a few sports teams. But yeah. with all that said, I'd love to introduce and get his side of his story and how he got started. It's none other than Donovan Bridgeforth. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on and to be on the Better Than Best Academy because I've seen your work and and honestly, I've learned from previous people that you've had on there and some of the things that you just kind of put out to the general public on your own. So it's really it's really a pleasure to be on and an honor. I love that, man. But yeah, let's just hear a little bit of your story, like what you're into, where you got started, wherever you want to start. Take it away. For sure. Well, I'm going to start uh, personally with Jacksonville, Texas. Yeah. Even though that wasn't where I was born, but that's where uh, I guess you would say literally my story started uh, because that's where I went to school. Let's start from Fred Douglas all the way up through uh, JMS and JHS. And so um, that's really where I, I, I became who I am uh, and kind of got a lot of my first notoriety through sports. As you know, uh, we played all the sports, baseball, basketball, football, uh, uh, we did it all. And so, especially in East Texas, you have to do it all. So yeah. that type of mentality of being versatile and being competitive is kind of what I was able to use once I got into entrepreneurship later on in my life. Um, but I still have so many people from Jacksonville that reach out to me and tell me that my story has been an inspiration to them. And so I really do this for those people because those are some of my lifelong friends uh, that that really look up to me. And so uh, the black businesses there um, are one of the main supporters of the app and one of the reasons that we even got the notoriety that we got later on. And so once we moved from Jacksonville, coming up to Dallas and taking that competitive edge and, and really putting it to the test in a bigger market, uh, especially for sports, uh, gave me the fearlessness that I that I needed later on for entrepreneurship as well, because in Dallas, uh, you kind of get the swagger of like no one, no one can touch you. I mean, we're we're the best uh, in Texas, and so uh, even though East Texas has that same swagger, Dallas has it just a little bit more being in the city complex. So uh, going to Coppell and competing there, and then eventually coming to Mesquite uh, and finishing up my career with my dad uh, being my head coach once again there, um, and us actually getting featured on ESPN as a duo as a family. Uh, put it on for the Mesquite area uh, was something that uh, that gave me my first taste of like national exposure. Uh, so after tasting that for the first time, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta chase that again. And so getting that, getting that is something that that I encourage anybody to do is just get exposed to big areas and bigger areas so that you can actually get that taste of it, and you'll be like, okay, man, I can actually do this. And so from there, I was able to secure a scholarship. I had several offers, D1 offers to go play out of state, uh, like Weber State, uh, Bradley, uh, Santa Clara, places like that. But I elected to, to go to DBU, one for the Christian aspect, uh, being raised in a Christian household, and then being able to stay close to home uh, to where my parents could come see every game. Because, I mean, my whole life, my dad has been pretty much my head coach. So I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, – thrive and be as successful being far away from him and so I wanted him to be able to watch my games just how he had my whole life and so that was something that that I really uh take to heart and, and was glad that I was able to do but my my skill set was kind of too big for the D2 level and so I, I was able to go to a JUCO level to be able to see if I wanted to pursue a D1 school or, or another school after that and so I went to uh, McLennan Community College and so there we were uh, one of the top teams in the state uh, we beat all the big JUCOs and and if you know anything about the JUCO realm that's where you get everybody you got D2 athletes D1 athletes uh, NAI athletes you got 
the whole gambit. So in, in some aspects, it's, it's harder than uh, just a D1 sport because you got so many people that are hungry. And so uh, being able to go down there, we were able to take ourselves to the, um, the playoffs there, to the big dance, and we made it to the second round, and then we were eventually put out. Um, so I graduated from there uh, on the dean's list and stuff like that. So I always took my academics as serious as my sports throughout my whole career. And so I always knew that eventually, no matter whether I made it to the NBA or Olympic team, no matter how big sports got, you were going to have to come back and rely on your, your expertise in, in education and academia. So I always made sure to keep that front for, front forth uh, in anything I was doing. And so from there, I actually decided to step away from the game of basketball, which was kind of timely because it was around the 2013 era. And so in that type of time, it was kind of it was kind of hostile in America for like like on social media, you would see a lot of police, quote unquote, brutality. And you would see people uh, getting shot on the Internet. Uh, by the police and it was it was just starting to happen it was around the time of uh Trayvon Martin and things of that that nature and so I I stepped away from the game and decided to go full-fledged into academia and saw myself take that to the next level and was beginning to get recruited by law schools for my my work that I was doing and and it was just it was just a time out there and so I actually went to school at Hardin Simmons in Abilene Texas and so if I don't know a lot of people that that have been and lived in Abilene, but it's a very conservative um, town and it's in West Texas. So uh, being a black man that was doing the things that I was doing, it was actually well received by the conservative community. And so that's something that a lot of people won't won't tell you is that uh, conservative people actually love uh, what we're doing for our community and love to see our community pull ourselves up by our bootstraps as opposed to um, leaning on the government to facilitate things for our community when they're not even of or from the community or know what we even want. Um, so they just kind of just give us what they think we want. And so as a conservative, which I would identify myself as now, um, it was actually a, the time of my life out there in Abilene. I have made some lifelong connections. And anytime I stop in Abilene, I always have a free meal and a place to stay, uh, things of that nature. And so from there, um, I actually... I didn't I didn't finish my degree in Abilene because I had such a calling and passion for entrepreneurship in my life that I don't, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people be like, you need to get your degree and stuff like that. But I was so hung up on I mean, we all grew up when technology was just hitting the fan. Like there was no iPhones when we were in Jacksonville. Uh, apps were just the thing when we became high schoolers and stuff like that. And so um when I was in Abilene, I was like, man, I want to be like like a Mark Zuckerberg in this bitch. Like, I, I want to do some stuff like that. I'm like, so just studying their story and seeing that they they went out on their own once they were able to get enough understanding and take academia seriously enough that they were able to go and, and try it out in the world, uh, I was able to do the same thing. And so I started out doing books and wanted to write and tell my story that way. And so I published... Uh, three books, uh, The American Alien, and then I published The Strong uh, Poets, and then I published uh, The Words from Elysian Fields uh, before I started the, the Black app. And so doing those things, I was able to really test the business realm and kind of see what it took to start, form a business, the, the business uh, formation documents, getting your EIN number, uh, marketing yourself. You know, uh, sometimes as, as entrepreneurs, we hate to I guess you could call it spam other people to kind of like uh, market yourself where you're just like, you tell every single person <laughs> that you can about what you're doing. And so I was doing that with the books and I was like, dang, okay, I'm getting used to rejection because my whole life I had been successful with sports and academia. So now I'm starting to get that taste of rejection, which I would encourage anybody that's in any field to get used to uh, because there are gifts in that rejection. Because you're like, okay, now I can sharpen how I'm approaching this or, or how I'm actually pitching it to people. And so I was able to perfect my pitch and I was actually able to sustain myself off of just writing and being an author. But it just wasn't enough for me at the moment. I was like, I need to, I need to do something else. I'm not, 
I, I need something to really sink my teeth in that I can make an impact on the community as opposed to just myself. And so with it still being the same climate uh, uh, as the Trayvon Martin era and uh, Obama was leaving office, um, I was like, man, this would be the perfect time. It was like before Obama gets out of office, this would be the perfect time to do something for the black community while we still feel this Obama era, uh, I guess you'll say charisma just in the air. And so that's when I was able to cut, to establish the black app. And so I had to go and learn how to develop on my own. I had to teach myself how to develop. Um, I took a couple of boot camp courses, but none of them actually gave you something that you could uh, stand on your own with. Uh, they were more or less like any other institution, giving you something to where you keep coming back and needing more and more from them. And so I was like, man, I just got to go and do it on my own. And so I went and did that and I published it. And at the time, it was kind of controversial uh, to have a platform that was just for black owned businesses because it was ahead of its time at that moment, because everyone was like, why would you just need something for black people? Like, what's going on? And then uh, President Trump got into office. And I'm not saying that he stirred the pot in a negative way, but he did stir the pot. And so it started making people see that that there are cultural dynamics that that are specific to each community. And so um, I was able to be ahead of that eight ball. And so um, just a couple of years later, after I after I had started the official black app, I ended up re-enrolling in a historically black college and university at Paul Quinn in Dallas. And so going back to school was one of the best things I had ever done. And I still plan to keep going back to school as I, as I get older. Uh, my dad is actually uh, getting his master's right now. And so I'm like, man, I, I'll never, I'll be a, for, a, a forever student, like a lifelong learner. And so I'm like, I, I'll, I'll never stop. Probably until I get about two or three doctors, which may never happen, but the goal is to just get as smart as you can. So um, went back to uh, Paul Quinn and I was able to, get on their battle of the brains team and take them down to um, South by Southwest. And I actually won $10,000 for, for my school uh, by coding and doing a, uh, an event with the NFL and home Depot uh, South by Southwest, where we had to come up with the app in 24 hours and present it to the NFL. And so I was able to meet the likes of Marshawn Lynch and Angel Rich, which is a, a Forbes lister right now. She's, worth over a billion dollars now. And that connection with Andrew Rich was actually what catapulted the black app to the state that it's in right now, because uh, she was, she was it, the, the, the universe works in mysterious ways when you just put your foot out there and just, just kind of just uh, roll the dice sometimes because she was slated to be on breakfast club, which is like a huge international uh, radio show power one Oh five uh, is powered by revolt TV and she was slated to be on that show the same week that Jay-Z and Diddy uh, decided to come out with an app that does exactly what the Black app does. And so with me traveling and going to all these different schools, three different high schools, three different colleges, I was able to, my network was so big by default. I just, I mean, just, just for me going to all those schools. So everyone was like, whoa, pump the brakes, uh, Jay-Z and Diddy. We already got somebody out here that's doing that. And so we were able to go viral online on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram uh, at that time. And she was on his show the same week. So she was able to give us a huge shout out um, to Charlemagne and to, to Diddy and Jay-Z and telling them that uh, shout out to what they're doing, but we have the Black app already and they should invest in what we're doing. And so we were actually able to secure some investment from them, uh, some angel investment from them at that time. And so that's that in 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 conjunction with the word of mouth of just the, the Internet uh, catapulted us all the way up to be ranked on the top charts, top paid business charts. And so uh, from there, I wanted to take it to the next level and be able to uh, make my reach reach even further and so I elected to move the headquarters of the Black App from Dallas to Las Vegas and so I did so at the like December of 2019 and so if anybody that's been in America you know in 2020 that's when COVID hit and so 
my plan originally was to start um, a black owned storefront on the Las Vegas Strip that was that had nothing but black owned products so that people could take advantage of the, the traffic that comes in and out of Vegas. But when COVID hit, uh, it kind of kind of shocked the whole world and especially Vegas because they shut down the whole strip to where there was no gambling or the, even the hotels were closed. And so that had never happened in the history of Las Vegas. So I was able to be a part of the rebuilding process out there during those two years until recently coming back into Dallas. And so just earlier this year in January, uh, we reached our highest ranking on the top paid business charts, which is number seven. And so we, we have goals to be the number one business app, but you know, you, it's, it's just like sports. Uh, you saw how Bama, Bama wants to be number one, but then they ended up losing to Tennessee. So it's, it's always a jockeying, it's always a jockeying position and, and, you have to compete with some of the best and some people that will just come out the blue and, and pass you. So uh, to even still be in the conversation or ranked on the charts, uh, considering that we've only had uh, Series A funding, which is basically family and friends, uh, is, is tremendous and a testament to, to what we're doing. Man, what a story. Come on. Like, I love that. I love that. There's so much we can impact from there. One thing I really love yeah. to mention was how you've always been sports has been a big part of your life, but you've yeah. also equally thought academics and getting into that realm is just as, as important. And like you said, if we're not learning, we're not growing. And if we're not growing, we're dying. Right. And that's just, I, I exactly. totally agree. That's why we even have this podcast and I'm glad that you're, you're on it and you're sharing your story. And one thing that I, I, I would love to get your, your thoughts on. So as your competitive nature, as your drive and your, your passion in sports, how do you think, what, what do you think you learned from your years of sports that you now are able to apply in business? It's really the discipline. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the, the putting in the work that no one sees. So there were, yeah. there were countless hours that, uh, our mutual friend, me and Ryan Black, um, uh, our mutual friend Tredarian Moreland, all of our all of our friends, you included, yeah. we would be at the fields, at the gyms, working where nobody. Else. This was before Instagram, Facebook, yeah. and Twitter, where you could get some notoriety for doing these things. We built that discipline and that work ethic with no cameras involved. So I take that I'm I'm able to still do that into where I'm able to put in the work without people without needing that that recognition right away and it pay off later and so I, if there's one thing that i that i think that athletes have over just the average person going into business is that that they're they're willing to sacrifice and put that discipline in day in and day out day in and day out without seeing big changes right away uh it's just like lifting weights uh you're not going to you're not going to get uh the the pecs or the the big muscles right away but two, three weeks of two a days uh, where you're, where you're doubling up, where people may only be going to the gym once you're going to the gym twice. And so um, one of my biggest idols and, and people that I used to mimic my game after and my life after was Kobe Bryant. And so he was one, one that would put that, that discipline and that dedication in at an insane level. And so I was able to do the same things, and that's a, been something that's been able to help me see success. I love that. What is one quick tip you could give those listening when it comes to that discipline, like a, a simple, practical way that they could apply one one thing to be more disciplined yeah. what they're going after? So one of the things that I do, and it's still right here with me, is you need to get an agenda because this is where you can hold yourself accountable. This is something that we had given to us from nickels on up you know what i'm saying like from nickels intermediate in jacksonville they would give us Man, agendas they don't even know <laughs> they don't even know yeah, i swear but this is <laughs> so serious though because it's the simple things it's very yeah. elementary success is very elementary Come and on. so you have to take those same you have to take those same approaches and so you have to hold yourself accountable and so one simple thing is that I would say is write down your plan so that even if you miss, you know where you missed and you can hold yourself accountable. And it's basically like uh, in sports, we have film. 
that that we can run back and like the film don't lie. You know what I'm saying? The film don't lie. So you get to see what you did and what you didn't do. And so if you have an agenda where you have your game plan and you put it on there, and even if you make a mistake, the agenda is not going to lie. It's going to still show you what you did and what you didn't do. And so that's something very simple that someone could do that's getting into entrepreneurship to hold themselves accountable and be disciplined. I love that. I love that. And also earlier you mentioned how you had to face a lot of no's. You had to face a lot of rejection and failure. And as all the entrepreneurs and creative people listening, that's kind of the nature of the beast, the nature of the oh, good. <laughs> so I, I'd love for you to tell me about a time you faced your biggest failure and what you learned from it. Right on. And so I would say one of my biggest failures was at the very beginning uh, when I thought that this was just like, like, oh, man, this idea is next level. And so I'm probably like in the year 2020 and 2016. And so I'm four years ahead of the curve. And so at the beginning, I'm even telling my parents. And so I guess it would it would boil down to telling my parents of my idea and what I want to do. And they're like, you know what? Entrepreneurship is not it's not it's not easy. And so I'm telling them, hey, let's do this. Let me do this. I need to do this. And they flat out told me, no, you shouldn't do this. And so face taking that rejection and 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 working with it instead of uh don't reject rejection i guess that that may sound redundant but don't reject rejection take the rejection for what it is and it's actually a catalyst for you to either sharpen your tool give you more determination that's fuel in the tank uh these people will, will turn around to be your biggest supporters and so in the movie industry which one day i hope that that we'll be able to touch as well uh you're not good until your critics rave give give you rave reviews so the best part is going to get the critics you have to go get the critics first and then you have to make them a fan so mm -hmm. don't run your critics off or you'll never you'll never be a critically acclaimed film like your movie in, of your life uh it'll never have a critic review and so you'll need you need that like you literally need that i love that also take a minute and let's just let's just talk about all the different things you do right like you're, no, a man. Author, you're a rapper you're it's you play all sports so <laughs> I, i've heard the 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 term they coin is multi-hyphenate this idea oh, of having, yeah. like all these passions is kind of like the way that they've been saying it, at least on tiktok i've heard and i'm like right on I, I I can relate to that. There's a ton of things that I'm passionate about. So with those listening at home that have all these passions, and it seems like you're chasing, chasing all the shiny objects, what is one thing that you could kind of encourage those people as how, how do you go about going after all the things? Do you go about right. one at a time or do you do a little bit at a time? How do you keep it all balanced? I guess I, I, I'm so glad you asked that because I had saw success doing this um, when we were kids. We all had success doing this because yeah. we played soccer. Shoot, bro. We played everything. And so uh, what we did technically was we gave an equal amount to each, each, each craft. And so I asked my dad, I was like, how am I doing this? Because I couldn't even define it for myself. And so I actually I had to ask him, I'm like, how am I doing this? And he's like, what you're, what you're doing is what is what I was just taught in a seminar it's called spins. You've ever seen the guy that's spinning the place and then he's spinning the place and then they're all standing up, but he's spinning the place, right? And so that's what we're doing. It's a trick. It's it's the trick is to keep all the place spinning. And so if all you have to do is get the momentum going, you have to stay with it enough to get the momentum going and then move to the next plate and get that one spinning. And but keep uh, keeping the eye on all the the plates as you're spinning them. Right. And so given an equal amount of time to all of your crafts, like on here, like my, my day starts off, I read, then I work out, then I work on music, then I'll do my writing, then I'll do my apps and I'll give an hour to each. So I still treat it like I'm at school, like I treat it like periods, like I have a period, I, I'll go to this class and then I'll go to this class and then I'll go to band. Then I go to athletics and then I'll go. So I treat it like I'm still in school. And so I'm still schooling myself. And so that's how you can put in the fair amount of work to have to be proficient at each at each gift that you do have. So if you have two or three businesses, make sure that you're putting 
uh, on your schedule, just like school, to where you have at least an hour period to where you're fully focused, dedicated, nothing else exists, the doors are closed, phones are phones are off, and it's all about this for this hour every day. And so you can you have so many hours in a day uh, to where you could, I mean, it's almost you could do 24 different things if you have that type of uh, that drive and determination. So just keep those plates spinning. Just keep them up as long as, and once you see one slowing down, oh, I need to put more attention on that so I can spin that plate. So, yeah, that's how I, I take it and I, how I've been approaching it. I love it, man. That's all facts. Y'all listening, y'all watching at home, you better be taking notes. Truth bombs, dropping all the gems. I love it. Truth bombs. All of it. Dude, and I, I'll take it even a step further. I think of it going back to Nichols Intermediate School. Going back yes, to where they, We went through this space before we had an elective. We got to do a certain amount of weeks in each elective. And it got to theater, yes. and we learned how to juggle. I don't know if you went and learned how to juggle, Mr. Grody, in the morning. So I, I mean, I still I'll juggle here and there, but I, I think of it like that too, because when you learn yes. to juggle, you're like, from the outside perspective, you're like, it all this stuff's going looks on. Looks crazy, yes. But if you take photos, if you focus and you learn, one ball's in the air at a time. So like, yeah, you've got it. You have two, yes. Yeah. You've got two in your hands. You've got one in the air, and it's like you—you're in the timing. Timing is huge too. But timing. It just yeah. further iterates your point, and I, I love that. Um, but yeah, so if you're listening at home, like if you have no, all definitely. And if you have Mr. Grody's class, oh, those dude. people that are watching that have Mr. Oh. Grody's class, y'all know, y'all know how he taught us, and that's the same thing. The same Grody thing. taught us for real. <laughs> Man, yo, the things that so man, the things we learned in Jacksonville. That's what I'm saying. That's what it's real. I was like, man, I've learned. I learned it all in elementary and intermediate school. Yeah. To where <laughs> all I gotta do is just start from the top and break it back down, just like the basics. Exactly. So yep. your story, you you've talked about developing this app, this black app for black owned businesses and for building that community. Obviously. Even in the height of that, I'm sure that you faced a lot of misunderstanding. So what do you what do you people misunderstand about you most? So they they think that and sometimes you'll get a review on the app sometimes from people that actually don't know me personally, because some at, at this point, the app is bigger than me. It's 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 a part of the community and it's bigger than, than myself. And I'm, I'm just uh, happy to be a part of it, actually, at this point, because it's so much bigger than me. Uh, but you'll get a review sometimes from people like one time I got a review from someone from France and I thought I've never been to France. I don't even have a passport yet. And so they're like, uh, this app is racist. Uh, it's only (laughs) for black people. Right. And so the app isn't really for black people because most times black people know where the black businesses are. This is really for every other community to use it as a tool to plug into the black community so that we can, we can have that exchange uh, because a lot of times, like uh, one of the one of the fact or stats that really got me into this was that in the Asian community, the dollar circulates in their community for thirty days. In the in the Hispanic community, it circulates for something like seventeen days. Um, in the white community, it circulates for two weeks, which makes sense because uh, that's when pay periods are set in America. And then in the black community, it only circulates for six hours. So that means when the black person gets paid and let's say they go shop at a black owned business, uh, six hours after they've shopped at that black business, that black business is going to turn around and then go shop with either someone out of the community. And so we need that same turnover. We need people from the white community to be able to shop with us as uh, we're able to find a Walmart or a 7-Eleven or a QT or anything of that nature. So we wanted to make ourselves as readily available uh, for business. I'm muted. There we go. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I tapped the mute by accident. I love that. Um, 
So for all the people listening, I'm going to be sure to get all the links so people can find this app so they can support this app because I, I think it's amazing what you're doing. Earlier you mentioned loosely about Diddy. Is there anything else that you'd like to expand on in that story of reaching? Yes. Yes, for sure. And so um, the the coolest part of the story uh, is actually getting the investment from those guys and actually uh, making that connection because as as people like like we were, we grew up when when Diddy was I mean he wasn't he was already big but he was doing stuff like making the band yeah. and he was one of the guys that had like a million spinning plates so it was like to get that recognition and get that that validation from him and someone like a Jay-Z uh these are billionaire guys you know what I'm saying and so it's like it's little old me from Jacksonville. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm like, man, this is putting Jacksonville on the map. Like, so it it was it was so it was so tremendous for everyone to be a part of that because even the people that that weren't exclusively like invested in the app, they felt like they had equity and that they that they could do the same thing. And so once we were able to actually secure that investment from him and actually on his show someone to shout us out and to tell him who we are, call us out by name for them to fly us up to, to Tribeca for us to actually see the scenes, the behind the scenes of breakfast club. It was me and my, uh, my college partner, uh, Brandon Banks, uh, me and him both went up there and we're, we're in the hotel and stuff. And that we get to see all these celebrities. We're going to the party and stuff. It felt like, it felt like I was I was at the pinnacle of 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 the of the journey, but it was only just the just the inception. And so it, it was something that, that felt like it felt like being like being on TV, like the whole time, you know, we're all we were a big TV uh, generation. So it was like it was like, dang, now we're on the same level with them and they see us like they literally see us and like they have to respect us too. And they, and they, and they owe us money. You know what I'm saying? So uh, getting that type of validation at the age of 25, 24 years old was like, man, uh, this is what we've been working for. This is, this is what we want to be. And when we turn 40 and 50, we still want to be on the level with those guys. And so now it's letting me know that we're on a trajectory to one day be the Diddy of our generation, the Jay-Z of our generation and to create others like that to where um, like in their like in their era, I guess you would say it's only a few of them that are billionaires. You know what I'm saying? It's the the Dr. Dre, Diddy, and Jay Z and Kanye. You know what I'm saying? You can count them on like one hand. Yeah. And as opposed to when we come up, uh, we're built all around the community for the community. And so I plan to to pull everyone up with me as we go, so that we can have about 10, 12 billionaires of people, 10, 10 Diddy's, 10 Jay-Z's of all walks of life, of all demographics, of all ethnicities. So I, it's just something that, because, I mean, in Jacksonville, you, you can't really say, like, I, I was really thought of as, like, I mean, this may sound kind of, kind of uh, rash, but they, I was really thought of as, like, a white boy, because I was so into uh, to academics and, and I talked proper and all of these things that later on in life paid off. But you can't say that I, that I was I grew up without loving loving all all races. So right. for me, it's like now I have the same capacity to pull up anybody from any race of any of any background to be on this same level of, of a Diddy or a Jay-Z. So. I'm in the business of making billionaires now. Uh, I'm just one of the first ones to be on the trajectory, but I'm I'm here for everybody in any capacity that I can help. So that's what I'm here for. I love that. I love that. So you, you mentioned, and I agree, it's so important to help those coming behind us. Like it's not enough for us yeah. to just make it. Like we want to take people. Right on. What is it, do you think, what is it about, where we came from and our our surroundings and circumstances that drives us to want to make that impact i think it was the close knitness of jacksonville like we all went to the same schools like you only had four elementaries you could go to and then we were one of the first classes to go through nichols yeah. to where to where we we all are there together 
and like the whole city is in like like y'all go through the same thing and so we all got that same camaraderie and same uh like i got your back you got my back type deal and so when we were playing sports uh you were gonna play with those same kids in high school in middle school during that same thing so and they're gonna be it's not gonna like we didn't have the enough people in Jacksonville for us to have the luxury to only be in our community. You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't have that luxury. Like, like, I don't know where our basketball team would be without a, a Dylan Hanna or, 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 or a Ryan black, you know what I'm saying? Or where our football team would be without these other, other people, you know what I'm saying? So we, we needed everybody. And so taking that to Dallas and taking that to Las Vegas, where, they have the luxury to where they can just, you can just be in your own community or culture and then it's just F everybody else. I'm able to, to maneuver and, and garnish like relationships from other communities with ease, whereas other people, they kind of are put off by other communities and they're not able to reap the benefits. Our town was at its best when we were there because we all were so close knit, like, like especially at things like fifth quarter. So even after a win yeah. or a loss, everybody is in there still dancing oh, together. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're, I mean, it's like so many different people. Like yeah. you have, you like, like man, we have people in there that are in jail that that were that that are from the bottom all the way up to people that yeah. are like this. So we were all there together, and so we all felt how like felt the loss of someone. So like someone died, and let's say a Mexican person died, we all felt that loss. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? So. So when we when we're when we grow up and we still make those connections with other people, we still feel those losses and still have that same upbringing. And so that's really been something that I think that everyone from Jacksonville, if they get out of or really any small town, if they get out of that small town and take that, man, they're going to really have a big impact on a big city because we didn't have the luxuries that they had of not being able to be like eclectic. Yeah. We had no choice but to be eclectic. Right. And now that's something that people are like, you go to training, eclectic training now. You yeah. have to make people pay money to learn how to do what we got taught for free. Yeah, it speaks so much on unity. You know, it's like we see such, unity, a, divided, yes, that we see such a divided world and especially country right now. And I feel right. like that, that close knit, like we had no other choice than to be, you know, <laughs> And like, and this is in between, I mean, yeah, sure. We had our, our issues with gang violence and rivalries right, there, and even right rivalries on. in between like who we played, like White House and right, all of yeah. but even, like at the end of the day, there was such a, a pride in your community. And I think that's so important is like, people don't realize the value of building that community and how that community isn't so polarizing. And I, I, I think it's so great. Like, even like you said, like you made this black app to get black owned businesses to everyone, not right. to yes. black people only. So right. mainly not even black yeah, exactly. people. <laughs> like your whole goal essentially was to bring unity and shine light to places that people don't normally see. And yeah, I think that's something that the small close knit communities of small town USA does to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but man, and, and, you said something that I, I wanted to touch on. I'm trying to circle back to my notes, but, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I wanted to ask you next. It was okay. So, so picture you're, you're going back to Jacksonville, you're walking into right. the middle school or high school and you have the opportunity to sit down with a younger you. It's not necessarily you, but you know, like you're able to yeah, talk yeah, to I get someone you in that same space that you are. What would be the advice that you would give them? Man, I would tell them to slow down, slow down. Oh. I know you want to go fast. I know you want to be there already, but this is where the magic happens. This is where, this is where it's at. This is, this is where you're learning what you're going to take to the world especially from Jacksonville and, and Jacksonville's coming up on this 150th year. Yeah. So especially in a town like Jacksonville, this is it's showing that the community is, is, is built to last. So if you can really get your, your roots in deep here and make the connections and, 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 and be adventurous in this small incubator space, I guess you would say, yeah, that's because Jacksonville is, is just small enough to, to kind of like, like test things and test the water on, on like a, like a micropolitan level, yeah. uh, do it. 
and and slow down. Don't try to run off and leave the city so fast. Like like if I could have stayed in Jacksonville all four years uh, to to graduate there, who knows? We probably would have won a couple of state championships Man, for basketball. Both. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> no, seriously, that's what I'm saying. We were so quick to like, leave. I was like, I'm getting out of here. I know. <laughs> and then you leave and you miss it. <laughs> so, you're like, holy shit. They're like, man, I should have slowed down. Yeah. And so that's exactly what I would tell them is like to slow down and take it for what it's worth because it's really indispensable. And you can take that small incubator space and then see what works. And then you could take that to the to the grandiose scale and it will work. Like I'm a I'm a testament here back in time to tell you that this is going to work. If it works in Jacksonville or on a small scale, then it's going to work on a big scale. So so slow down. Try right where you're at. Don't try to run from your position. Uh, Stay there and and just get creative and let your imagination flow. I love that. So we've we've talked quite a bit about the past. We've talked about the good old days and we've talked about. the goodness that's there and what we've gleaned and learned from that. If, if I could have your permission, I'd love to do a, a quick exercise that I like to do with my clients as, as For a sure. coach. And it's, it's to think back. Well, it's to think forward actually. And okay. it's to sit. Okay. We're back on this podcast and it's three years from now. So right. what has happened since today <laughs> on this podcast? If you, Teleport yourself three years into the future. What would you be telling me has happened in your life? So I finally got my passport. And so uh, just re- just recently, um, like in today's realm, I was uh, ranked for well, the Black App was ranked the second most downloaded app in Nigeria. So three oh. years from now, I'm, I'm able to be the number one app in Nigeria because I was able to put some some boots on the ground. And 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 in three years from now, I'm able to secure some venture capitalist funding uh, that, that we're actually seeking right now. Uh, so we're about to go into our Series B uh, funding round right now. So in three years, we'll be wrapping that up. And we've probably secured about a million to, to five million dollars in in funding that we're able to use for for big time advertising like the Bucky's. Um, billboards and stuff that you see uh commercials on the nba network nfl network things of that nature to where people are actually able to see us on a grandiose scale and once we've already secured that that funding for the black app now it's time to actually take that niche work that we've done and put it into other communities which are things like uh, the hispanic community uh, even the Asian community to where other people are able to shop with these communities similarly to how they're able to do it with the black app. Things like the LGBT community to where you can you can be able to shop with these people and find find your 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 niche in, in the marketplace on an app development level and being able to take this same concept and just uh, duplicate it for every every community and and be able to secure funding and, and take this on a worldwide scale. Uh, and three years from now, I, I, I also see uh, myself having a, a top charting uh, song or maybe an album or a collaboration with someone, even being a producer or a songwriter, just any of that of that manner with music, uh, seeing myself uh, eclipse as a 10, 10 author book, like 10 books as an author. Uh, right now I'm at five, so it'll probably be five more. And so uh, being able to get into the film industry, um, just getting my feet wet right there in three years. Um, I could also see myself running for a political office uh, somewhere in in Texas, uh, even on a small local level, uh, like something in Jacksonville, potentially a city council member or something to where I'm able to make a big impact and do the things that I was telling kids to do to try it on a small scale and make sure it works, and then be able to take it to a big level, uh, probably in my 40s. I love that. Man, I love this exercise because it encourages you to see what it's going to be like. And if you're listening, watching at home, I want you to pause and do this exercise because it has the potential to completely 
change your life because I believe it like this. So we have these goals, these dreams, but they're not a place to get to. They're a place to come from because if you can already picture yourself in that space, then you've already been there. So then every day you're acting like that person. Yeah, you're acting like the person that's already been there. You just... You just reminded me of something I saw on TikTok, actually. They said the the uh, light is not the fastest thing in the universe. Uh, something that moves faster than light is actually our mind. Yeah. Because you see how you had me doing that exercise. The speed of light can't get three years. Uh, it uh, can't get to three years, but my mind just went there in that fast. Once I was so... So the fastest thing in the universe is the mind. And so I was literally there where you had me. And so that's that that's amazing. That's an amazing exercise. And I, I actually got goosebumps doing that. So guys, if y'all are listening and y'all don't get goosebumps, do it again. Do it until again. you get goosebumps. <laughs> until you see that your dream is big enough. And then dream bigger. Right. And, that, that's the and then dream bigger again. And, and I love that you said that, that the mind is faster than light because it yeah. goes down to mindset. Whatever it is you're, you're facing or dealing with, it starts with mindset. And I love, I, I love when science catches up with things like this. <laughs> and literally they've said that the mind controls the brain. And the brain controls like, yeah. the body. <laughs> yeah. So like, in like literally. <laughs> literally. So yeah. when you choose to shape your thoughts, your body's going to catch up to it. And I mean, my face important. So I always look back to the scripture where it says where the mind Hello. goes, the man follows. And, Amen. I, and I love that, that, that concept because, I mean, God's truly created us to do great things. And he's already given us all the tools we need inside of us. And when we realize that, then we're truly able to go after those things that we're called and gifted to do. Seriously, though, it's like uh, it's just just a matter of slowing down and doing a self audit of the things that you've already been blessed with. And so a lot of times you'll be like, dang, I'm not even working with everything. Come on. (laughs) I'm not not even working with, with everything I could be working with right here. So, yeah, that's definitely one of the exercises I'm going to have to implement on a daily basis. I love it. I have one more question for you and then we for sure. can wrap up for today. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to Not be a problem. on the podcast. Uh, I can't wait for everyone to hear these gems, these truth bombs that you're dropping. <laughs> these truth but, bombs, but, especially the kids from Jacksonville. They're going to be like, what? They're going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Little low us? Little low us? Come on. <laughs> so my, my last question for you is, so let's picture again, we're going to picture the future. You're 95, 120, however old you live this long, successful life. What will you want to say about your life? What will you want to be remembered for most? I, I think the thing that I, I would look this is this is right now at 30 years old. And so I could get more wisdom down the road. But at 30 years old, when I see myself ending my life, I want people to say now, I want to be as true to myself as he was. Like I want to be me like he was him. And so I want to be, I want to give people a reason or an excuse even to chase their dreams um, recklessly in a way to where you could, you're going to make mistakes and it's still going to be a part of the beauty. I want, I want to be someone that doesn't, that doesn't uh, tell people like, Oh, you shouldn't do that. Like, like a, as an old man, I want people to like try. I want people to experience. I want people to experiment. I want people to have a scientific approach to life. Uh, and so I want them to, to see their, their life as a hypothesis. And so like, like literally test out the theories that you have. I mean, as kids, we did probably in Jacksonville, expe- well, actually, especially in Jacksonville, we probably did some of the dumbest stuff that you could probably imagine. And that's probably why we're as smart as we are. Because, because we we've tried everything like we've done some we've done some dumb stuff and so i want people to not beat themselves up for it i want them to be true to themselves and their scientific approach to life because the only way that you're going to figure it out the only way that we figured these things out is putting the hypothesis to the test and so i want people to to live their life in theory 
Not even, not even actually. I want them to live their life in theory. <laughs> Come on. Recently, you said that's how I do mine. Yeah. <laughs> Recently, I saw you say on Facebook, "Who's it slept on is me." I hope that <laughs> you don't have to say that forever, man. I, I really hope. That right on. Right on. I hope that more people get to see that you're such a light. You're such a um, such a charismatic and happy attitude. And if I could just flowers while you're still alive, man, like keep doing man. what you're doing. You are making a difference. You are making an impact. I know it's it's easy to get bogged down with the the mundane, the day to day, and it's yeah. easy to see the critics. But yeah, I just wanted to give you that that light, give you your roses now. That um, <laughs> right on. That likewise, man. You know it's reciprocal it. here. And so I appreciate the opportunity to be on here and and be a part of what you got going on because uh like. Like, I think just like with Diddy, like even people like me inspire him. Uh, there's people that, that may not be at, on, quote unquote, the level that you're on that are very inspiring. And so that's something that I've been able to, to keep in my life is being inspired by the littlest things or the biggest things. So uh, everything affects me. And so especially my friends, people like you that, man, we used to put up the flags on the top of the damn Bro. tomato bowl together, man. <laughs> <laughs> we went through it bro so so seeing us doing what we're doing like i'm like yeah we owe this like we're owed this because we we're the ones like we're the ones bro so same to you man same to appreciate you appreciate it i appreciate it man well that that about wraps up today's podcast but if you, do you have any final words for the people man i want y'all to sign up for the academy man that's what i want oh. y'all to do uh coach dustin is is really the one man he he's went through all of the sports training to be able to give you everything in in this type of capacity to where you're able to be a successful entrepreneur and so uh it's one of the reasons that sports is the biggest business is because it's going to take some of these dynamics and and nuances that it takes with sports to uh to get coached into the right right uh mindset and so i want you guys to really take dustin uh, seriously and take yourselves just as serious as we're taking ourselves. So sign up for the Academy and I'm going to be one of the biggest proponents to keep pushing that. I appreciate it, man. Well, like I said, better than best Academy. I'm so grateful that y'all tuned in. If you want to know more information, if you want to sign up, you're going to see all that in the descriptions and you know how to connect with me. I'm going to link all of Donovan's stuff so you can support him, show him some love. But with that, y'all, y'all have a great day and we'll, we'll see you next time. All right. Peace out, y'all.